came from, but the second chapter of the book of Acts. Amen. Amen. Second chapter of the book of Acts. Amen. The second chapter of the book of Acts. I want you all to read that chapter in its entirety, but we're not going to do that for the sake of time today. But the second chapter of the book of Acts, beginning at verse number 12, you will find these words written, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Verse 13, others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. And verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but, but the third hour of the day. Don't miss that 15th verse, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. I want to talk to you all, amen, just for a few moments today, or as the spirit uh, leads us here today, I want to talk to you all from the subject matter, the paradox of Pentecost, the paradox of Pentecost, the paradox of Pentecost. When you look at the verse, when you look at the verse, it says, but others mocked and said, others mocked and said that they are filled with new wine. In other words, they sure look drunk. They sound drunk. They are acting drunk. But then we have Peter who denies this fact. And Peter, he stands up and says that we're not drunk. He says it is only the ninth hour of uh, the day, amen, it's still nine o'clock in the morning. 
And so we must ask ourselves the question, so which is it? Uh, were they sober, uh, as Peter said, or were they filled with new wine? Well, I have to say yes is really the only answer uh, to that question. They were not drunk, but I need you to hear me. They were intoxicated. Y'all follow me here today. I said they were not drunk. They were intoxicated. In other words, they were sober and yet filled with new wine. You have to understand this is the gift and paradox of the day of Pentecost. You must understand that you can be intoxicated without being affected by alcohol or drugs. Fact of the matter is to be intoxicated also means to be emotionally excited. It means to be elated. It means to have a great joy or extreme pleasure. And so they were not drunk. They were not intoxicated as ye suppose. In other words, as you presume, as you think, uh, they, 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 they're not drunk. And so I want, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question today. What are you drunk on this morning? Y'all walk with me here. Amen. What are you drunk on this morning? Fact of the matter is, I want to ask you, what intoxicates your life? In other words, what affects you to the point where physical and mental control is markedly diminished? Uh, uh, you have to understand that we're living in a day and we're living in a time now where, where some folk are drunk on success. In other words, they'll try everything. They'll do anything in order to be successful. And then you have others that are drunk on busyness and exertion. They are intoxicated with self-importance and the need to prove themselves. And then you have some that are drunk on fear. Did you not know you could be drunk on fear? Uh, some are intoxicated by self-doubt and uh, self-criticism. And then you have some that are drunk on perfectionalism. In other words, they are intoxicated with uh, being right, doing right, and having life put together in an organized and beautifully wrapped package. And, and then you have some who are drunk on the need for approval, intoxicated by what others think and say about them. And then there are some who are drunk on knowledge. Uh, they're intoxicated with figuring it all out and getting uh, the right answer. Well, I trust by now you've probably figured out where this is heading. Uh, you probably done figured out what street I, I, I'm planning on going down. In other words, I hope you get the point. And so let me ask you again, 
What are you drunk on this morning? What intoxicates your life? Because you have to understand that this is the intoxication that poison and distorts our lives. It causes us to stumble and fall. It blurs our vision to the holiness and beauty of who we really are and who we are to become. It is the self-betrayal by which we do the very opposite of everything we say we want. Now, I, I do not think any of us really want to live uh, that way. You know, that is not God's intention or desire for our lives. That is not the life Christ uh, lived or the one uh, that he offers us. In other words, how many of you all know he offers us life more abundantly. He said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And so therefore we need sobriety. In other words, we need calm. We need to get sober. Why don't somebody say, I need to get sober? You see, Paul, Paul, Paul says something. Paul said that we must not fall asleep like other people, but we must wake up and be sober. In other words, he says, wake up, wake up. You're sleeping in dangerous times. He says, wake up and understand that success, that busyness, that self-importance and fear, that self-criticism, that being right and beautifully wrapped package is not the answer. But I stop back here to let you know something about Pentecost. Pentecost is a sobriety that frees us from this intoxication because it is the power of God to change and transform lives. You have to understand that at Pentecost, a new life, the Holy Spirit of God, it filled and it intoxicated everybody that was present. And I need you to know that at Pentecost, a new spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, it will fill us and intoxicate us. How many of y'all know that we are intoxicated by God's love? When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about truly filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to understand that you become intoxicated by God's love. You become intoxicated by God's mercy. You become intoxicated by God's grace. You become intoxicated by God's generosity and his beauty, by God's deed of power that's in your life. Because he said, and ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost have come upon you. And so Pentecost, we have to understand that Pentecost is a day of sober drunkenness. And that's the paradox here. I don't want you to miss it. Sober drunkenness. How can you be sober and yet be drunk? Well, that's the paradox.
of Pentecost. I want you to think about it. Let's think about sober drunkenness. I want you to think about a day that you fell in love. Now notice what I said. I didn't say the day that you fell in love. I said a day you fell in love. You see, it may not have gone anywhere or it may not have developed or lasted for years. Maybe it has lasted for 50 years, regardless of the fact it was a day of sober drunkenness. You were completely sober. Your mind was clear and convinced. Your eyes were focused. Your intentions were strong. And at the same time, you were completely swept off your feet. You was crazy drunk in love. You declared, my God, that it was not infatuation. You knew that it was sober drunkenness. Why? Because uh, you were in love. Have you ever received a gift that caught you so completely by surprise that you were just left speechless? I mean, the kind of gift that is completely undeserved, unexpected, and unimaginable. It is not just an object or an action that you receive. It was a grace that took, my God, you to a place of sober drunkenness. You were dizzy with joy. You were dizzy with love and gratitude. And at the same time, you were grounded and clear-headed about the significance and uh, the meaning of uh, the gift. Well, let me say it again then. Pentecost is the sobriety that frees us from self-intoxication. I'm going to say it again. It frees us, hallelujah, from self-intoxication. It is the power of God to change and transform our life. It gives us a new spirit. It gives us the Holy Spirit. It fills us and it intoxicates us. I'm wondering if there's anybody, what you drunk on today? What are you intoxicated with? Are you intoxicated with God's love? That you understand that nothing shall separate us from the love of God. Are you intoxicated with his love? That you understand that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. Are you intoxicated today with the mercies of God? You understand if it wasn't for the mercies of God, you would have been consumed a long time ago. But because I'm intoxicated with God's mercy, in every morning I have new mercy. I'm intoxicated with God's grace. Somebody ought to say, thank God for the grace of God. I need y'all to know I'm intoxicated. I'm intoxicated with the grace of God because it had not been for the grace of God, I would not be able to stand. What about God's generosity? I'm intoxicated with it. Every time I turn around, he keeps on making a way. The Lord is blessing me right now. I'm intoxicated. I don't have no gin in me. I'm intoxicated. Y'all ain't gonna talk back here to me. I wanna know what you drunk off of today. Some folk ain't drunk off of nothing. Some folk ain't drunk off of nothing, but I'm intoxicated with the power of God, with the beauty of God, and with God being uh, 
in my life. You all need to understand that it is always Pentecost. Somebody will say it's always Pentecost. It's always. Pentecost is always around us. Pentecost feels us. Pentecost is not just an event in the history of the church, but it is also a grace that proceeds, feels, and follows the event. Yeah, maybe that was a one-time event, but oh, thank God for Pentecost. Because the grace of Pentecost, it transcends time. It transcends space. It transcends the circumstances of our life. How many of y'all know you could be intoxicated with the joy of Jesus Christ, even in the midst of what you're going through? You'll be able to declare that after all I've been through, I still have joy. I'm intoxicated with the peace of God because he declares I'll keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on me in the midst of the storm, I have peace in the midst of everything that I'm going, that's going on in my life. We need to understand that the spirit of God is continually being poured into our lives, bringing us to a sobriety and intoxicating us with new wine of Christ's life. Pentecost is a gift. It's a grace to be lived, living under the influence. That's what, that's what Pentecost is about, living under the influence. What influence are you living under? What, 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 what have you staggering? Come on, what, 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 what's your influence? You see the sober drunkenness, the sober drunkenness of Pentecost. It fills our lives to the brim with love. It opens our eyes to the mystery of God and the wonder and the beauty of life. How many of y'all know life is beautiful? Life is beautiful. Life is worth living. Why? Because he lived. In the midst of this pandemic, life is beautiful. It's beautiful because we've been able to watch the handiwork of God. We've been able to watch God open up doors, open up doors and make ways out of no ways. Life is beautiful. It softens the heart. When you are, when you are drunk, a sober drunk, it softens your heart. And it causes us to find ourselves in the lives of other people. In other words, I don't want to enjoy this thing by myself. I want you to enjoy it. I want you to have some of this peace. You know, when you go down Imperial Avenue back in the day, 25th and Imperial was a spot way back in the day. You can find a drunk there 24 hours a day. But they weren't drunk on new wine. They were drunk drinking that other kind of stuff. But one thing that you would notice about those drunks you would have thought that you would have thought that, that that there was something going on because uh, they didn't mind sharing. They'd be drunk and drinking out of the same bottle. Uh, they, they drink and then they hand it to somebody, their buddy, and their buddy would drink because they wanted them to experience what they were experiencing. Well, I want to know if you're drunk with the Holy Ghost, well, how come you don't want other folk to experience? Share the bottle. Share the bottle. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, share the bottle. Let somebody else experience this joy. Let somebody else experience this peace. It'll soften our hearts and it'll cause us to find ourselves in the lives of other people. It allows us to stand in the most holy place of our truest and most authentic self. And that's why we celebrate Pentecost here today. That is why we follow Jesus. 
huh? We signed on today. You signed on, I hope, today to be reminded of and to thank God for the Pentecostal reality of our lives. And when I say the Pentecostal, I'm not talking about the Pentecostal church because everybody's a Pentecostal church now. They think a Pentecostal church just make you jump, just make you dance, just make you shout, just make you speak in tongues. No, I'm glad I'm a part of the Pentecostal reality that on the day of Pentecost, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost, there was a change that came in their life. They, they had a new walk. They had a new talk. They had a new attitude. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were they might sober, but yet they drank the new wine. They drank the new wine and they lived under the influence. What wine are you talking about, Pastor? Well, Matthew 26 and 29, Jesus says, told his disciples, he said, I can guarantee that. I won't drink this wine again until that day when I drink a new wine with you in my father's kingdom. Well, when did he make that statement? He made the statement at the last supper. My God, when he said, this is my body, which was broken for you, taking each of you all of it. And then he said, this is the cup, my God of the New Testament, which was shared for the remission of sin of many in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Drink ye all of it. His blood was the new wine. My God, and I want you to know, I thank God for the blood of Jesus. It still cleanses, it still washes, it still purifies, it still makes whole. And until you drink of the new wine, you will never be a sober drunk. You'll never be a sober drunk. You'll be drunk with self-sufficiency. You'll be drunk within yourself. But I don't know about you, but I thank God for the paradox of Pentecost. Peter had to stand up. I told you it'd change you. This is the same Peter that cussed. This is the same Peter that fought. This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. But once he got drunk, once he got drunk, once he got under the influence of the Holy Ghost, he stood up and said, these men are not drunk. The liquor stores ain't even open yet. You are what's wrong with you? But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel that in the last days, and God, how many of y'all know we're living in the last days? God needs some sober drunks in the last days. God needs us to get under the, under the influence in the last days. Playing church ain't going to get it. Doing the same old, same old is not going to get it. Rushing in and rushing out ain't going to get it. Come on here, giving God the time that we just want to give him is not going to get it. But God wants us to be sober drunks. In order to be a sober drunk, you got to be in the spirit. You can't understand it in your flesh. You can't understand it in your flesh. But we got to be intoxicated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Drink up, drink up, drink up. Drink of this cup. Drink up as much as you want. Sip on him a little bit in the morning. Sip on him a little bit at noonday. Sip in the cup at midnight hour. Just pass the cup around because this is the cup of the spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ. And by the remission of sin, he'll forgive us of every last one of our sins. So I'm closing. But what are you drunk with today? What have intoxicated you? What is, is it your job? Are you intoxicated with your job? Are you intoxicated with your children? Money have you intoxicated. That's the wrong kind of intoxication. Sometimes we think because we don't drink 
deadly and sinful drinks that we're on our way to heaven. But God says you intoxicated with something. And he said, I want you to be filled with the Holy Ghost because we're living in the last days. And only those that have the power of the Holy Ghost is going to survive. That's going to be able to, to declare that they are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so the, the sober drunkenness of Pentecost, it fills our life to the brim. And I mean, y'all know when you're filled all the way to the brim, can't nothing else get in there. Envy can't get in there when you're intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. Jealousy and strife, hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness. It can't get in there, not when the cup is filled. When the cup is full with Jesus, every day gets sweeter and sweeter as the day go by. And so that's the paradox of Pentecost. They were sober, but yet they were drunk. They were drunk in the spirit. These are not drunk as ye suppose. He didn't say that he didn't say that they wasn't drunk according to his interpretation. He said, as ye suppose, these are not drunk. Never will forget. Have you ever been drunk in the spirit? Have you ever been just drunk in the spirit? If you've never been drunk or intoxicated in the spirit, that's, that's an experience you ought to ask God for. Drunk in the spirit. I never will forget that Sister Harrison's sister, Sister Linda, uh, she was an usher at uh, Greater St. Luke Church. God has called her home now, but she was an usher and she wanted the Holy Ghost. She wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I never will forget one Sunday morning, she was ushering and the Holy Ghost swept through and filled her with the Holy Ghost. I mean, baptized her. It wasn't one of those things where you just accept Jesus Christ and know that the spirit of God abides with you and that's it. No, he baptized her. There's a difference in being filled with the Holy Ghost and being baptized with the Holy Ghost. When you feel with the Holy Ghost, that infilling only affects you. But when you baptize in the Holy Ghost, it affects everybody around you because everything gets wet that's around you. And so she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I gave the benediction and thinking that she would calm down. But she was drunk. Oh, she was drunk. She was intoxicated in the spirit. We hung around for about an hour. She was still drunk. That You know, most times you go lay down and get you some rest. It'll go away. About two hours went by. She was still just drunk in the spirit. And so we finally got her calmed down just enough to ask her, did she think she could drive? I remember this like this was yesterday. And they walked her across the street. She parked across diagonal for 32nd and L, diagonal on that corner. And she walked ever so straight. She was sober. She was sober then. But when she put the key in the door, God didn't want her driving because he knew that something was getting ready to happen again. When she put the key in the door, she just broke out again, just drunk, intoxicated in the spirit. Somebody had to drive her home. I remember this. They drove her home. And the word was hours after she got home, she was still intoxicated. She was still drunk in the spirit. Ah, I'm talking about sober drunkenness 
She was filled with the peace of God, with the joy of God, baptized in, in the Holy Ghost. And so get drunk, get drunk. Pastor, give you permission. Get drunk today. Get drunk. Don't stop by the liquor store, but get drunk. Get intoxicated with the Holy Ghost. Every eye closed, every head bowed. These men are not drunk, as ye suppose. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Y'all need to understand that prophecy is just as good today as it was when it was first spoken. And it is my prayer when we, when we return back into the sanctuary that we be a spiritual liquor store. Y'all ain't talking back here to me. We be a spiritual place of intoxication that we don't worry about what folk have on. We don't worry about the same old, same old, but we will just avail ourselves to the Holy Ghost and that we say, Holy Ghost, you have your way. I know there's supposed to be a song right here, but Holy Ghost, you have your way. I know the pastor is supposed to preach right now, but Holy Ghost, you have your way. Intoxicate us so that we could be effective witnesses uh, to men and women everywhere. Now, God, I thank you for your word today. I shared with your people what you placed on my heart to share today. You declare that your word would not go forth void, but it would accomplish what you set out uh, for it to accomplish. God, to fill us with your Holy Ghost. Intoxicate us with your spirit. Intoxicate us with your spirit. Intoxicate us with your love. Intoxicate us with your mercy. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let us drink of the new wine, the blood, ah, that our sins would be washed and forgiven in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the paradox of Pentecost. I thank you that we can be sober and yet be drunk. God, help us with our intoxication of self-serving and self-sufficiency. Help us to crucify our flesh in the name of Jesus and help us to follow after you in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. And God, those that don't know your darling son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior, they can't come unless you draw them. Draw them before it's too late. Save them and sanctify them. Fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. So when that day come, that when that day come, ah, we can then sit and we could drink anew with you, God, according to your word, according to the scripture. And we'll be able to be there in our father's kingdom. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen.